Hey there, welcome to another episode of Behind the Scoreline. It's been a while, we haven't posted in a while. Uh, a lot has been happening, but we'll get into it some other time. Uh, I just thought I should come back and start posting or putting out content out there. Um, the aim this time around is to put out episodes that are not too long, but also not too short. And the ideal length for me would be 7 to 15 minutes. Uh, so I've been trying this podcasting thing for a while now, on and off, on and off. I don't think it's working out, but I'll keep trying. Um, I think the problem is just me getting the format that would like make um, that would make the, the show work. Uh, but then again, I need to balance that with how do I how do I package the content in a way that goes a podcast? You know, um, I'm not really well versed in the art of podcasting. So I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's a difference there. But yeah, I'll keep doing this and then see how far it goes. Um, I think now I'll just, I, I wouldn't even consider like these segments that I'm going to put out as like podcast, but rather vent or rant or me just, I don't know, thinking out loud. As usual, we will be talking on a couple of um issues and i mean i deal with basketball i deal with tennis and football so today i just decided to talk about um football uh, it's, in a, it's, in, it's in a very interesting space uh, mainly because i'm right about a couple of things um one barcelona just played real madrid yesterday the El Clasico, and real madrid won 3-1 at home of course um, it was really interesting watching Barcelona um, when they were playing the second leg of the of the group stage game against Inter Milan. Um, the game ended in a three three. It was really really entertaining. I think by far the most in, like entertaining game of football I've seen this season, the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season. Um, I've had my reservations about Xavi Hernandez as a coach. Um, mainly because I felt like since last season, people were just were wanted to catapult him so badly to like the upper echelons of coaches, of coaches, and I just felt like okay, he was alright, but he still had a lot to learn, or you know, like he was still relatively young in his coaching career, not just career, because some people can have like careers for like five months and just be really, really good. And people wanted to act like that was the case for Xavi because, I mean, he's a legend, you know, Tiki Taka, like we know, Xavi Hernandez. And obviously the work he did at El Sad in Qatar was really, really, like, impressive. Um, I was following El Sad myself. But La Liga and the Champions League are a different beast altogether. So I started really watching him last season and I was impressed with that he was able to be such a good man manager, but I wasn't impressed with him as a coach, as in like a tactician. There's a difference there and people want, um, people don't seem to understand the two. I think Barcelona just um, reviving their season like that last season after they fired Ronald Koeman, 
was largely because of Xavi as a man manager. You understand? Like, because if you watched Barcelona, you would see their over dependence on wingers. And last season, their wingers were, um, Adama Traore. They had, uh, who's this guy? They didn't really have Dembele because Dembele had issues with, uh, injury, but he came in a couple of games. I think towards the end of the season, he was there. And then they had, um, they didn't have Antus Ansufati because he was injured. And then they had, Ferran Torres, who also played as a winger, sometimes Memphis Dupay, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. You, you, like, you remember there was just a lot of players that he kept rotating. And while watching, I could see that over, like going forward, there was so much reliance on the wingers bringing in the crosses. And, you know, the, the usual, the usual. You have a winger that's fast, a winger that's tricky, and then he's going to, like, the the shape of Barcelona, the 4-3 will allow the two forward wingers to um, create space for themselves by just isolating themselves, hugging the touchline, and then they'll get to have one-on-ones with the with their full backs while the, the two eights, which can either be Petri, um, Gavi, and Frankie de Jong, will occupy the half spaces that way they get to tie up one of the the middle like one of the the midfield the midfielders who are defending you know the CDMs and some of the central defenders as well so as a result now they get like you you're able to create that that, that the space for your wingers to just have that one on one and if they beat their men obviously have a numerical advantage sort of but you have a a winger that's going to have a better view of goal and closer to goal to square, you know. And I mean the the dynamics of it all is just a winger one on one course, see what happens, you know. And one might say that that's like my explanation of Xavi's tactic tactics is too simplistic, but at like you can try to talk formations, talk poetry, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day we're still going to circle back to what I spoke about because if, if he's in trouble, he wants a cross. And they didn't necessarily have and still don't, in my opinion, have a prolific header of the ball going forward, you know. Um, but, the, like, Xavi worked. You know, the, the, the game where I feel like he put in a clinic was the 4-0 win against Madrid, the El Clasico. There he put in a clinic because he, he, like, he was pressing Madrid, not giving them a chance, working in triangles, utilizing the half spaces. And then when it comes to the smaller teams in La Liga, he would play the crossing system, obviously try to break a low block and whatnot. And you may ask yourself, I'm also asking myself right now as I'm as I'm talking, like what am I trying to achieve here? I think what I'm trying to achieve is Xavi ultimately for me, as far as my assessment is concerned, Alex tactical adaptability and versatility, especially moving forward. Barcelona is still weak, like, at the back. But the problem with, not not just the problem, the characteristic of, of teams like Barcelona, Manchester City, Bayern Munich to an extent, is that they're so easy to score against. Like, it's easy to score against those teams, but they don't let you have the ball. So you really have opportunities to, to score against them. So it's the same with Barcelona because they are so dominant position position wise that it's difficult for you to score against a team that doesn't give you the ball. You understand? So automatically, 
um, it's hard to even scrutinize their defense unless they're playing like really big teams, you know. Um, but uh, week to week while playing smaller teams, you, like their defense is not really called into question that much. Because uh, right now, I think before the El Clasico, Barcelona had only considered one goal in nine or ten La Liga games. Yeah, I mean, that's quite impressive. But it's not, if you ask me, it's not mainly because of how good they are defensively, but it's just that they are not called to defend as much or they press so well from the front that they, their defense really has to work. And most of the goals Barcelona concede generally since I started watching football are counter-attack goals. You understand? So, uh, but then Xavi bought, um, he bought in, um, Joel Skunde and, Andres Christensen, which, I mean, I rate Kunde very high. I mean, he has, he's really good, even though the Xavi uses him as a right back, understandably, um, because of the central pairing of um, Garcia and Araujo. So, all in all, what I'm trying to say is there's a long way to go for Xavi and Barcelona, but because he bought so many players that are really prolific, I mean, he bought Rafinha, he bought Lewandowski, he bought Kessier, those are really, really good players, and I fear that he's not. Like, he won't be able to utilize them to the best of their abilities. At least, not all of them, because right now Barcelona's attack is centered around pretty much uh, either Petri or Dembele, a combination of Petri and Dembele. Because I mean, if you want to go through the middle, you get Petri to be the the link between the front line and the midfield, and he's a very good ball carrier. He's a very good dribbler, and then you have Dembele, a phenom, if you ask me. Uh, but a team cannot operate like that. You understand, especially with the talent levels that uh, they have. Uh, like a team doesn't operate like that because right now, like you look at Rafinha, you're like he's no longer. I I, I don't think he's that player that I mean he used to be at Leeds. Understand, like naturally that's the case, but. You expect a player like him to shine better in a like in a system with Lewandowski, Dembele, Gavi, Petri, Frankie De Jong, but that's not happening because um, obviously by now we can tell that if Barcelona need a goal, they're going to give the ball to Dembele and let him work his magic. Either he's going to assist or score, you know. And you wonder if uh, that affects Rafinha somehow uh, because it's clear um, that. Dembele is ahead of Rafinha and it's not even close in terms of their their roles tactically, you know. And then there's Lewandowski. Oof. I don't think he gets enough support. I don't think he gets enough support, especially in big games. You look at the Inter Milan game, he was heavily isolated. Um, you look at the, the, the Madrid game as well, isolated as well. And Xavi will need to be stopped being stubborn at some point and start playing either... Cassia or De Jong in place of either Gavi or Busquets. If it was up to me, Busquets shouldn't be a Barcelona player. I think his his time is long past, but it's his last season now and he's still playing. I don't understand why he's still playing because an ideal midfield three would be Petri, uh, Frankie De Jong and Cassia because it's a, it's like physicality, passing, ball progression and like high-level IQ. Gavi is not is not a player on the level of of, of Frankie De Jong. Maybe the intangibles he might be. I don't know. But Frankie De Jong is a, is a, like is a super 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 smart player and very very valuable. But I don't know what Xavi is doing. But um, a lot needs to be done at Barcelona. 
have in the back line. I think Araujo is a very, very solid. Uh, Kunde as well needs to go into a central defense to partner up with Araujo. Uh, and sooner or later, Barcelona have to get a right back and a really good right back. Sergio Roberto is not it. You understand? So, I don't know. I just spoke about Barcelona, their tactics, what they do, what they should. I think I said what they should do better, but it's just me saying Xavi still has a long way to go and Barcelona fans should definitely be patient with him. And I think this is well. And now, let's just keep watching Xavi. And I think I'd like to see him work around the, the formations. Just tweak the formation sometimes. Playing a smaller team, Elche, or I don't know which team is small, Rayo Vallecano. Just tweak formation, try to see what works, what doesn't work, you know. Just try to play around with them a bit, just just to see. Because right now, Barcelona is becoming very predictable. And that's one thing you don't want as a manager. Because if you're going to play the biggest games, which is, which is what Barcelona wants, they want to play the biggest games on the planet. You're not getting those biggest games on the planet if you are predictable and we know what you're going to do. You know, so, yeah. I just wish Xavi would, you know, play around a bit more, experiment a bit more. And Barcelona have a good squad, a really deep squad, if you ask me. And I said really. I didn't say just a deep squad. It's really deep. Um, unless if Lewandowski gets injured, then, ah, that's the only position where you feel like there's a huge disparity in, like, depth-wise, you know. But yeah, other than that, uh, looking forward to see what Barcelona do. They're really in trouble now. And I hope Xavi pulls off a miracle in Champions League. And yeah, it's going to be interesting.